With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average. Plus, it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. What's going on, everyone? Welcome into the Fantasy Pros Dynasty Football Podcast. My name is Kyle Yates, and I am your host. I am joined today by a good friend. I think this is the first time that we have ever been able to get on a mic together, and we have known each other for years. That is Jared Wackerly. He can be found on Twitter at Jared Wackerly FF, and he is all all of his work can be found over at Dynasty Nerds. Jared, finally, so good to get on the mic with you, my friend. And it's been a long time coming. I appreciate it. Finally, we're here. So thank you. Absolutely. Now, I know that you have young kids as well. We talk about dad life. We talk about this all the time. Have you been listening to the Encanto soundtrack as Dude. much as I have currently? I was wondering it, if we we're going to come into um, Can't Talk About Bruno or Pressure, Surface Pressure, whatever that song is. That's the best song on the soundtrack. But oh my God. Yeah, we listen to that all the time, every single day. It is on repeat. And the worst, I mean, it's the worst thing, but it's the best thing is that I literally <laughs> will wake up with one of those songs in my head, like immediately open my eyes and I immediately have one of the songs stuck in my head. I but saw it's it just, on your Instagram story today. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's genius. <laughs> it's genius. The soundtrack is amazing. My son loves it. it. Is. We listen great, to it all the time. Great movie. It is. So, all right. Well, we obviously don't talk about Bruno, but here on the Dynasty podcast, we talk about incoming rookies. And so we are going to dive into that here today and leaning on Jared's experience here and taking a look at some of the the early takeaways here as we dive into the 2022 class. So before we do that, though, I want to remind everyone that we have the giveaway going on courtesy of our friends at Pristine Auction. That is a Najee Harris signed jersey giveaway. You All you have to do to enter this is subscribe to our YouTube channel over at youtube.com slash fantasy pros, where you can be watching this podcast as well. Subscribe. That's all you have to do. Then go over to fantasypros.com slash dynasty contest, fill out the short form there, and attach a screenshot of your subscription to be entered. Again, that is going to youtube.com slash fantasy pros. Subscribe, then go to fantasypros.com slash dynasty contest for a chance to win a Najee Harris signed jersey giveaway courtesy of Pristine Auction. All right, Jared, let's dive into this 2022 class. And we were talking a little bit before we started recording where for me, I'm trying to play catch up, man. Like I am just trying to dig into after the the grind of the fantasy football season and everything that we had to do there and trying to catch up with evaluating these 2022 prospects. And so I know that you have been way ahead of the game here with a lot of these guys. So I wanted to bring you on and talk about, let's talk about the running back position here first. And what I will do is, I'll ask you a question here, kind of tee it up for you and 
lean into that and then give me some of your main takeaways. So with the running back here, how does this class compare to previous seasons now that you've gotten a chance to really dive into it? And who are some of the names that we need to be paying attention to and watching as we move throughout this draft process? Yeah, so every year, uh, Garrett Price and I put out our nerd score on Dynasty Nerds. So we rank all of the players, the prospects coming out in the rookie drafts. Um, we give them all a tape score, and we do it before the draft happens. So that allows us to go back and kind of see how each class is stacking up with each other. So right now, the only guy that I have in my top five when you combine the last couple classes together is Brees Hall. But the nice thing about this class is there's two or three guys that that project as being a workhorse type running back. You know, they're, they're, they have good size. They've produced since they were freshmen, and that's Kenneth Walker, Isaiah Spiller, and Brees Hall. All three, I think, can come in and demand 15 to 20 touches. I don't think there's any first-round running backs in this class, but I think they're – Brees Hall could go in the second round, even Isaiah Spiller. And I, I project Kenneth Walker to be more of a third round type guy. And then you get in kind of deeper with Rashad White, Kyron Williams, who I really like. And I think you like a lot too. Um, so I think there's good depth in this class. I don't think there's any elite type running backs like uh, Jonathan Taylor or a Najee Harris, who I liked a lot coming out last year. So I think that's been the thing where we look at previous classes and we can say, okay, we've got a Jonathan Taylor. We've got DeAndre Swift. We've got these guys who seem to be locks for the 101 in uh, in rookie drafts, right? We just kind of lock them into that position. We say, okay, the landing spot could adjust which one we take, right? Is it going to be DeAndre Swift? Is it going to be Jonathan Taylor? I don't necessarily feel like in my early in my early dive into this class, and it kind of sounds like you're saying the same thing. There's not necessarily one of those guys that we say they're a lock for the 101. So in looking at that, would that guy be Brees Hall for you? If we say like at the 101, we think that it's going to be Brees Hall that's worthy of going there? Yeah, and it's January. We, you and I talked right. before that we still have a lot of tape review to do. But at this point, it would be, be Brees Hall. I think his skill set and what he did in college is just undeniable. I mean, he, he runs with power. He's got great patience, great vision. He's very quick. He really doesn't have any long speed. So people kind of knock him for that because... He's not like Jonathan Taylor is not just going to take it to the house four three four four speed. Um, but I, I think he's just so savvy, so good in between the tackles. He can catch the ball well. So depending on where he goes, I think he would be the 101 because, you know, everyone loves to take their running backs there early because they can come in and just produce for you right away. And everyone needs a running back all the time. So but this class is really good at wide receiver. So, I mean, I, I think this could be a year where we see either like a Traylon Burks go one-on-one um, maybe Garrett Wilson. A lot of people have him at wide receiver one, but I know we're not getting the wide receivers yet, but this could be a year where you see that happen. Well, it's definitely pertinent as we're talking about that one-on-one. And if it's going to be the running back that's locked in and this is in the conversation of one QB leagues, right? Superflex yeah, is a different right, conversation, but in that one QB format, having a guy like Brees Hall there be in consideration. Now you talked about Kenneth Walker and you said that he could be the guy who walks into 15 to 20 touches. I just finished up my tape evaluation of Kenneth Walker just the other day. So I absolutely love him from a talent perspective. It's undeniable for him moving on from uh, moving from Wake Forest over to Michigan State this year. And uh, I'm a Spartan fan. So getting to see Kenneth Walker up close and personal and hearing just how much he dominated throughout the year was something else here in the state of Michigan. So with Kenneth Walker, though, 
He's at 200 pounds is what he's listed at. So with the 15 to 20 touches, that's something that I have concerns about. A guy who I comped him to as I was watching him was Devin Singletary, looking at Kenneth Walker and comparing him to Devin Singletary. And Singletary has handled that significant workload, but it's taken a lot for him to get there. So do you do you expect that? Like with Kenneth Walker, you said, I think round three grade, like do you expect that he's going to be drafted in round three and he's going to walk into minimum 15 to 20 touches or is the situation really going to have to matter for how we value Kenneth Walker? Yeah, I think for any of these guys, the situation is going to have to matter. And especially with Kenneth Walker, because he is a little more undersized than those first two guys I mentioned. Um, I have him listed as 210. You said 200. Um, we'll see. We'll see what he weighs in at the combine but he definitely is like a slighter, more slender frame. Now, I think he runs big. I think he runs big behind his pads. He has good contact balance. I think he's more explosive than Devin Singletary, um, but he does have that wiggle like Singletary had. Uh, we didn't really see Kenneth Walker catch the ball out of the backfield much in college. So, you know, I, when doing my tape study, I did see him catch the ball and he looked fluid doing it. So, I mean, it was like Jonathan Taylor. We didn't see him do that much in college until his senior year. So who knows? What, I, I, don't, I try not to put too much stock into not seeing that. So that could that could hurt him as far as getting 15 to 20 touches. But um, I think Kenneth Walker would be more than capable of, of having that type of workload. It's interesting. You mentioned that 210, 200. That doesn't sound like a big difference, but when we're evaluating running backs, that is a massive difference to have yeah. because the different types of builds and it, it depends too. Is it a dense 210 or <laughs> is it more right? Like there's a right. difference there as far as the running back and that leading to volume. So I think that's going to be one of the storylines as we move up into the scouting combine and having Kenneth Walker weigh in is going to be like, what exactly does he weigh in at? How does he test at that size? It's going to be interesting to watch. Before we move on from the running backs, I did want to ask about one final guy that you didn't really talk about, but I do want to ask you, because when I think about the the workhorse back in this class, there's a guy who really did not get that workload in college, but I do think that he has the size to be able to do it. And his obviously his name is Zeus. Like he has the potential to be that. So Zamir White out of Georgia, is this a guy that you think could walk into the NFL and handle a 15 to 20 touch workload? From day one, I think he could. I, he he projects as that type of runner. Um, he kind of reminds me of a little bit like um, Damian Harris for um, for New England, and a guy that's really high on Zamir White is Garrett Price. I know he's he's your good buddy too. Uh, he's another guy over at Dynasty Nerds. Him and I do the tape scores together, and you know he's been high on like DJ Dallas the year before, and then Jarrett Patterson, and he's always got these running backs, and Zamir White's that guy for him this year so i mean he's good between the tackles he was the number one recruit coming out of high school at the running back position and then he had a couple acl surgeries that kind of held him back but when he gets the ball he, he he's done a really nice job now georgia gave it to james cook zamir white kenny mcintosh and um they're uh, kendall milton so they had like a four-headed monster in the running back at the running back position this year. So he didn't get as many touches, but I could see him coming into that type of role at the NFL. And I was hoping he was going to go to the senior bowl, but he, he's not going to be there next week. All right, let's move over to the wide receiver position and a lot, a lot of interesting names here. And we talk about guys right off the top. You mentioned Traylon Burks out of Arkansas, Garrett Wilson out of Ohio state. We got Drake London out of USC. The, the 
top tier talent in this class is incredible. But the question that I'll ask you right here off the top is how does the depth of this class compare to previous seasons where we might not have necessarily someone who compares to Jamar Chase or is going to grade out higher than Jamar Chase in this class from last year. But what does the depth of this class look like overall? I think it's pretty deep as far as going, you know, if you're in a super flex draft, I think all the way down to like two, six, you're still getting a pretty valuable receiver. And that's if you like David Bell or George Pickens, who was the wide receiver one for a long time in this class for a lot of people. And then he tore his ACL. So he came back during the playoffs. He looked, he made a fantastic catch against Alabama down the field. And you just, you just saw the ability to go and get the football. Um, so I think he's a guy you might be able to get later in the draft. Jamison Williams tore his ACL. He He's my wide receiver one still. And John Mechie, he's another solid receiver that I think could play the slot role uh, at the next level or Wendell Robinson. I mean, the, the, the list goes on. I think this is a pretty deep class. Um, I don't think we have any uh, Jamar Chase or uh, Devontae Smith or a C.D. Lamb type guy, but we do have guys that have a very high ceiling and a lot of potential like Traylon Burks, Jamison Williams. All right, so you mentioned the tape score that you do there at Dynasty Nerds with Jamison Williams, who is your wide receiver one. Where does he fit in in some of those previous classes with 2021, with 2020, which are, I mean, even 2019, they're star-studded classes. Where exactly does Jamison Williams fall in that tier for you? Yeah, so right now I have him at six. So he's right outside the top five when you combine 2020, 2021, and 2022. Um, So Jamison Williams, Traylon Burks, and Garrett Wilson are three guys that are in the top 10 when you lump those three classes together. It's crazy with Jamison Williams, obviously with him spending the first two years of his college career at Ohio State, could barely get onto the field and then moves over to Alabama, puts up, I think, over 1,500 yards this past year, like just absurd production. And then you wonder, like, okay, why couldn't he get onto the field at Ohio State? And then you realize, okay, he had Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, and Jackson Smith and Jigba all above him. Just ridiculous. And then, of course, you got Marvin Harrison's you know son there, too. So it's just, it's crazy. So let's talk about one of the guys that I just talked about in that list, Chris Olave. What, do you, what are your opinions here on Chris Olave? Because I feel like Olave is going to be one of the most divisive names as we move throughout this pre-draft process on draft Twitter, uh, within scouting communities, stuff like that. I feel like opinions on Olave are going to be split. So I want to just tee this up for you. What are your thoughts on Olave? What, what did you see when you, when you scouted his tape? I I like Chris Olave. I don't have him in my top five receivers, but I could see him going in the first round. He's very smooth. He's very fast. He runs great routes. He has a great release package. I love guys that come from Ohio State because I think Brian Hartline does a fantastic job at developing those wide wide receivers and getting them ready for the NFL. Um, So I think it's going to be more of a landing spot dependent type thing because I don't see Chris Olave projecting as being like an alpha wide receiver or wide receiver one that's going to command a ton of targets. But if you were to land somewhere with a really good quarterback like Justin Herbert in in, in L.A. or uh, paired up with like an Aaron Rodgers or a team that's going to air it out a lot, I think he could be a nice wide receiver, too, and get five to six catches a game. Um, and he's going to he's going to be taking the top off the defense and he, he could have some touchdown upside there. Yeah. He's one of the guys that is really interesting because you, you don't expect this type of crazy speed from him, but when you watch his tape, you see him being a true three level threat with his route running ability. He's able to get open underneath and then on in breaking routes in the middle of the field to then 
on posts on on go routes. He's able to get open deep downfield. And so if you pair him with the right quarterback, I do think that he could be a fantasy football uh, star. I do think that that's in the realm of possibilities there for Olave. I don't think that he's going to be someone who necessarily creates a ton on his own. I do think that he's going to have to be situation dependent and try to uh, try to make the most of that situation. But the talent is there. And I remember talking with you, I think back in 2020 when we were uh, Olave was kind of slated to come out in that draft. He ended up making a, a late return. And I made the comp to Emmanuel Sanders with Chris Olave. Yeah, so like, I remember that now. Yeah. I feel like Olave is just kind of in this vein where someone uh, Emmanuel Sanders has never was never a locked in wide receiver one for a team, but he was a damn good wide receiver two for oh, a yeah. lot of NFL offenses. A guy who's just crafty, able to get open at will, make contested catches, make those tough grabs. I think that that's Chris Olave's game. All right, anyone else here at the wide receiver position before we move on to quarterbacks? Um, you know, I, I like Jahan Dotson from Penn State. He's 5'11, 185 pounds. And for his size, man, he goes up and gets the ball. It's crazy. Yeah. Possibly the best, probably right behind Garrett Wilson in that type of category. He has great hands. He gets open very well. He's very smooth. Uh, so I, he was supposed to be at the senior bowl next week, which I'll be there next week covering covering it for Dynasty Nerds. And I was really hoping to see him. Uh, but he he just backed out. So Jahan Dotson definitely a name to, to keep an eye on. It's crazy. You think about Jahan Dotson and you think about him when you have watched his tape previously. In my mind, I was like, yeah, he's like 6'2", 6'3". Like that was just kind of the, the because of his catch radius, because yeah. of his ability to go up and make these ridiculous catches. And then, yeah, he's like 5'10", 5'11". Like he mm-hmm. is not a big bodied receiver in the vein of like a drake london and you know drake london really quickly six foot five 210 pounds just finished up his tape study the other day really really impressed with him you do not find guys who are six five 210 pounds who move the way that he does incredibly athletic incredible incredible start stop ability Mm -hmm. uh and even like quick twitch for his size he's able to be a threat after the catch which is something that you just do not see with guys who are six five 210 able to play above the rim like a mike evans but then can make people miss in the open field. He plays physical too. Like he'll, he'll come at you like, just like Michael Pittman, who also came mm-hmm. out of USC. He reminds me of him a little bit. USC. I mean, it's just been cranking out receiver prospects. So you had Michael Pittman a couple of years ago. I mean, Juju years before that, yep. and then I'm on Ross St. Brown last year. Like I just love USC. What you You talk about Ohio state receivers and you love, I've got just like this soft spot for USC receivers. <laughs> I think they're so well coached. All right, let's move on to the quarterback position. And, this is one where it's been it's been well discussed up to this point already. At the end of January, we have talked a lot about this quarterback class and heard a lot of people say, all right, well, it doesn't match up to in previous classes and stuff like that. But does that mean that it is a bad class? Just because it doesn't stack up well against last year where we had Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, Trey Lance. I mean, even Mac Jones, like, that was an incredible rookie class for quarterbacks just because it doesn't stack up to that class. Does this mean that it is an overall bad class? Yeah. And like we thought last year's class was supposed to be just locked and loaded like fantasy studs, but they kind of underperformed this year for what they were supposed to be. So, I mean, at the end of the day, I think from a fantasy football perspective, we just need to be worried about how many first round quarterbacks are there going to be. And if you look at all the mock drafts, there's usually either four or five quarterbacks getting taken in the first round. So I think there's a ton of value there for us as, as fantasy football players and dynasty players. And I think in super flex drafts, it's going to push value down the board this year, just like last year. And in the middle of the second round, you're going to be sitting there and 
you might even have a quarterback available to you. I think Mac Jones, most most drafts I was in, he fell to the end of the first, early second. So um, I think there's it, there, it's going to push down a ton of value for us. So one of the names here at the top of the class, and I'll ask if he is your QB1, is Kenny Pickett out of Pitt. And looking at Pickett from this past year and the production that he had, it's undeniable that it was just a phenomenal season. One of the guys that we talk about every year, we're like, well, one of these guys is going to come out of nowhere. It's going to be a Joe Burrow, Kyler Murray situation. You know, one of these guys is going to emerge. And that was Kenny Pickett this year. I just finished up his tape evaluation the other day, came away incredibly impressed. Now, I don't think that he is going to be one of the guys who steps into the NFL and continues to develop and just becomes a you know top five NFL quarterback, but he is going to bring an incredibly high floor right from the beginning. He's someone that I comp to Derek Carr. I think that he is like from a talent uh, standpoint and just what he brings to the table. I think that that's a pretty fair comparison. So is Kenny Pickett your QB one? And we'll just start the start the conversation there with your overall takeaways from him. Yeah, I, I love Kenny Pickett. I've been high on Kenny Pickett for like three years now. I remember Thor and I, I thought he was coming out last year. Um, and before the 2020 season, Thor Nystrom put out a tweet, said, who's going to be this year's Joe Burrow? And I, I tweeted at him, um, Kenny Pickett. And then like two years later, it finally came to fruition. Um, I love Kenny Pickett. I think you you know what you're getting if you're an NFL GM right away. Uh, he ran a pro-style offense under Mark Whipple there at Pitt. Put up incredible numbers, and I think he's a better athlete than what he gets credit for. I mean, he oh, can yeah. get outside the pocket and move. Um, and I, I'm not comping him to Aaron Rodgers at all, but I think his his ability to make plays on the ground reminds me of Aaron Rodgers. Um, he can make out all the throws that you need him to do. Uh, he throws the ball well uh, under pressure. Uh, he makes checks at the line of scrimmage. I, I I really like Kenny Pickett. He's a little bit older. I think he's 24. Correct me if I'm wrong. He's gonna be a 24 year old rookie. Yeah. So I think I think you're getting what you you know what you're getting with him. All right. As we look down the board at the rest of this quarterback class, is there anyone out there that you say this is one of my guys that based on the tape study that I've done, this is one of my guys outside of the Kenny Pickett's? Maybe I mean outside of Kenny Pickett, it is just a it's a crapshoot as to who's is. going to be QB two. So, is yeah. there any one of these guys that you have studied that you're like this is my guy? I'll tell you what, man, I really like Malik Willis. I like his skill set. I think he does have some work to do as far as decision-making. He took too many dumb sacks last year. He threw too many dumb interceptable balls last year, but he makes some tight window throws that make you say, wow. And he gives you that ability to to make plays with his feet. Kind of reminds me of Jalen Hurts in that way. Mm -hmm. Um, So I like Willis. I like his upside that he gives you, but I also really like Carson Strong, who I saw you just mocked at the end of the first round in your latest uh, Mm -hmm. mock draft that you put out recently. Where did you have him going? Oh man. All right. Uh, Yeah. Right in there with, uh, I think Uh, I I had him going to Detroit. Yeah. Yeah. It was their second first round pick. And I think that'd be a great spot for him because he probably would sit behind Jared Goff due to the money he's owed next year. Mm -hmm. Um, He can make all the throws. He's another guy that I think can come in right away if he's needed and start because he was asked to do a lot at the line of scrimmage, making checks, making sure his team is in the right position in order to succeed. Um, There's not a lot of quarterbacks in this class that, that were, that were asked to do that. Kenny Pick and Carson Strong are two guys that, that were. Those are two guys that in my summer scouting with uh, Malik Willis, Carson Strong, those are two guys that I came away like saying all the raw talent is absolutely there. They have the arm strength. They have the ability to be able to make any type of throw on the football field. 
but there were significant steps that they had to make to be able to in their development for me to say like, these are top five guys in my class. So I have not gotten to a official tape study on Carson strong on Malik Willis yet, but they are definitely guys that I'm circling and saying like, I'm excited to see, did they make those strides? And from what everything that I've heard, Malik Willis necessarily didn't, but you do see the raw ability. You do see the talent where if he has time to sit and learn that he could be one of those guys that we talk about in the, uh, in the new vein of, you know, the starting quarterbacks in the NFL, where you have the rocket arm, you have the mobility. That's what's so important. Now we just saw what Josh Allen was able to do going toe to toe with the Kansas city chiefs, right? Like that is, that's so crucial. Now we can see the path of that with Malik Willis. It's just that he's got to have a lot of development left to do before he gets there. Yeah, and Carson Strong is the exact opposite. He is a statue right. in the pocket. I think he has like eight screws in one of his knees or something Jeez. like that. He didn't he didn't play his senior year in high school because of it. Uh, so there are some like medical concerns that could that could cause Strong to to slip. But they're all going to be in Mobile next year, not next year, next week. Uh, aside from Corral, so I'm real I'm real excited to watch them at the Senior Bowl practices next week. All right, we'll have more thoughts, obviously, as we move throughout the offseason with the quarterbacks. Let's touch on tight end really quickly, and this could be as honest as saying, like, okay, <laughs> Kyle Pitts, there's not a Kyle Pitts in this class. We've known that since the summer. Yeah. Is there a Pat Fryermuth in this class, though? Is there anyone that, based on your initial study, just kind of things that you've heard, is there anyone really in this class that you could say they could have the type of impact that Pat Fryermuth had in this uh, in this rookie season, or is it going to be like, Okay, we have to wait with a lot of these guys when they get into the NFL and situation is going to matter immensely. Yeah, I will say I haven't I haven't dived dove. I don't know what the right word is. There. Dove. I haven't I, I haven't know. dug in yet on on tight ends yet. Um a lot of them are going to be in Mobile next week, so I was kind of waiting on that, but just from playing Devi, playing campus to Canton, being a huge college college football fan and uh doing the little bit of homework that I have done. I really like Charlie Kohler from Iowa State, big body soft hands not a great athlete but he gets the job done really good red zone threat i think uh and then trey mcbride is just the opposite mm -hmm. i mean he's a really good receiving weapon at tight end from colorado state so those are two guys i think everyone should know their names yep and we will obviously have more information on them as we move throughout the offseason guys we'll break that down as we get into studying these guys but just based on that jared like just based on what you're saying it doesn't sound like there's a guy that we're going to say like this is a locked in guy someone that we have to target in our rookie drafts it's going to matter what happens in there in the nfl draft yeah i think there's a lot of second and third round tight ends like a lot i think there's like six or seven guys that could go in the second or third round um but yeah no no kyle pitts from a fantasy football standpoint it's hard to say like who we're going to, who we should be drafting at this point. Absolutely. All right. So a, a running back class that doesn't necessarily have one of those Jonathan Taylor, DeAndre Swift's one of those locked in guys, but overall pretty good depth and some guys that can make an impact for fantasy football. The wide receiver class doesn't have a Jamar chase necessarily, but a ton of depth and a ton of really, really talented players. The quarterback class, obviously not comparing to 2021, but still some names that could make an impact in tight end. TBD. We'll find out there. All right, Jared, thank you so much for taking some time out to come on to the podcast, man. I really appreciate being able to get the chance to talk to you on the mic for the first time here. So remind everyone what you've got going on over at Dynasty Nerds and where they can find and follow you online. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on, Kyle. You can follow me on Twitter at Jared Wackerly FF. I'm the producer of the Dynasty Nerds podcast. So check that out. We have the YouTube channel. We have a video form of the podcast. Also do my own podcast in video form on our YouTube channel, Dynasty Prospect Talk. I put it out mm, 
once every couple weeks whenever I feel like it really. Um, but other than that, check out our nerd scores. We'll be putting out our film scores on all these prospects, Garrett Price and I, over at DynastyNerds.com. So appreciate it, Kyle. Absolutely. All right, before we sign off, I want to remind everyone that we have the giveaway going on courtesy of Pristine Auction. That is a Najee Harris signed jersey giveaway. To enter this giveaway, we talked about it earlier. Subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash fantasypros. Then go to fantasypros.com slash dynasty contest to enter. That's as simple as it gets. All right, for Jared Wackerly, I'm Kyle Yates, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Pros Dynasty Football Podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Fantasy Pros and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash fantasy pros. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> Love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.